you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, and blah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a shit. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode 31 of the Dave Damashek football program, available on iTunes. Subscribe, won't you? Big week of football. A lot of good games coming up, Rank. I want to jump right into them. Let me say hello to the man to whom I just referred. My main man from NFL.com. You see him on NFL Fantasy Live. He writes the the very popular pick six segment. Adam Rank, what's the poop, fella? How are you, boss? Well, I'm well, but not as good as you because we have a real treat coming up for you. A real treat coming up for any football fan. You know, I, I, you know, you and I have both bemoaned this, that, you know, we've had... A couple of producers on the show here. We go through them more quickly than Spinal Tap does drummers. <laughs> and it it always it, – it causes me great consternation that guys under 30 who love football, love – not just love it, but work at the NFL mm-hmm. network. This is, this is their job. This is their, this is their place of employ. And yet some of them – I don't want to call them out by name right now. Some of them didn't know who Rocky Blyer was. What? It, it floored me. And it upset me. And then last week, a new revelation. Some other people didn't know who Drew Pearson was. Wait, what? Drew Pearson. They didn't know who Drew Pearson was. Number 88, one of the great receivers of his era. It's a crime he's not in the Hall of Fame. The greater crime is not knowing who he is. I would start in the in the editorial newsroom. 
and then find anybody who doesn't know who Drew Pearson is and fire them. <laughs> I have long advocated that the Super Bowl, I always say to people, you know, because I've been to, to three Super Bowls, I think now, and I've been to more AFC title games. I've been to, I think, seven AFC title games. Eight? Wow. I, I, I'm not going to stop to count them right now. Well, two New England losses to the they're going to anyways. Be, all right, yeah, I could do it, but I, I saw the Steelers beat the Oilers twice in the late seventies. All I saw right, the already beat the Broncos. All you right, all right. all right. So listen, the, what I always say to people is, given a choice, go to the title game versus the Super Bowl because the title game is where it's at, especially if it's a home game for your team because you want to be amongst the people. That, those are those are the zealots. That's where you want to be for the big game. The Super Bowl feels much more corporate. It's people, it's it's suits getting the tickets. You know, they're they're the guys who pull the Super Bowl t-shirt over their their tie and button down, you know, with the you know, those are the people that go to the Super Bowl largely. Mm-hmm. And um so anyway, yes, I I've advocated that instead there should be a, a at least a portion of the tickets should be assigned purely based on knowledge. There should be a quiz for people and if you if you can't pass muster on this quiz and you don't get to go to the Super Bowl. I'll say you. It's yes. a good idea, right? I was wondering where you were going with I'm that. I'm making the world a After better place. After that long-winded thing. Yes. You creep you. <laughs> right out of the gate. Well, right. listen, maybe I this, can't you can't stop me. I maybe this will put a smile on your face. I know you already know this, but now I'm going to say it to everybody else. Jack Youngblood's coming up in a little <laughs> bit. Your greatest hero. Is he your favorite LA Ram, the great number 85 from those great Rams teams in the 70s into I, the 80s? By far, and if we went back and looked, he's at your the, number one. We yeah, and we did the pick six uh, greatest Rams jersey to own. Mm-hmm. We de- I determined that Jack Youngblood was the Rams jersey to own. I actually said it was number three, Frank Corral. I thought that would be funny. <laughs> no, the Mike man, Lansford, he, number one. He's the one who. Bo- well, listen, Frank Corral's the one who booted him into the Super Bowl. He's the that's one of the worst title games ever played. Nine zero. They were was into it Tampa the greatest. Bay. No, I'm going to stick with what I said. No. <laughs> One of the worst. I've been up since three in the morning. I've been so like yesterday I was trading emails with Jack. Like that's the kind of thing. Just like I'm trade. like at some point of the day, I'm like, oh, I've been trading emails with Jack Youngblood for about an hour. Good for you, Rank. And, and people I, always say in show business, you know, people always say, uh, don't you get tired of seeing that? I said, the day I get tired, call me whatever you want that I, that I'm impressed by meeting, getting to, getting to meet these athletes and everything, getting to meet John Stallworth and Mel Blunt and, you know, current players and everything and celebrities and stuff. The day that stops being fun, then what's the whole point of doing any of it? I may as well do any other job if that seems to be if that becomes pedestrian. Right. You might as well go work on the edit desk and not know who Drew Pearson is. (laughs) That's what's called uh, a callback. (laughs) Well done. Very nice. All right. So let's get into it. A lot of big stories. Indomitian and Sue, Tim Tebow. They're meeting. They're meeting this weekend, so I want to kibitz about that. We're also going to be talking to Fred Jackson. I'm looking forward to that. Actually, Rank, I'm going to turn it over to you to handle it. Wait, what? Yeah, you're going to do it all by yourself. It's a oh. little. Uh, it's it's kind of like I, it's. I said I want to give you a test. I want to give fans a test. Now it's time to to test you, the the broadcaster. So you'll you'll but you'll be there for the Jack Youngblood interview. I'll be there for Jack Youngblood, but I'm going to just Can let we you handle that. It. No, I'm going to handle it. Okay. <laughs> you want some private time? Well, with Jack? I'm just I'm just afraid. I swear to God, and this. Well, I, that's why you need me I, there. You need no, a safety net no. in case in case I, you just turn into a pile of mush. Okay, I'll tell you what though. If you ask that idiotic, hey, Jim Youngblood, you're Jack Youngblood. If you ask that question, 
My head's going to Consider explode. it asked because I'm going to ask him that. <laughs> please, what? It's, please don't. It's an amazing thing. No. They were Jim and Jack Youngblood, no. two white guys, on the same defense at the same time, and yet they were unrelated. Please Greg don't. and Mike Pru- Pru- Pruitt, two African-Americans on the same team, both running backs, 43-34, unrelated. Amazing. Please don't embarrass me in I'm front going, of Jack Youngblood. <laughs> well, I'm asking it. So, all right, so we got two good ones coming up. Action Jackson of uh, of uh, current uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, exciting story there. And then we'll look back into the past with Jack Youngblood, ranks all-time favorite. In the meantime, <clears throat> excuse me, still getting over a little bit of a cold, but I'm a gamer, like Youngblood. Like Jack yeah. Youngblood <laughs> played on a broken leg, Damashek's playing with uh, a little mucus in his lungs. Lead with that Same one. thing, same thing. No different. Same person. Don't you see? We're we're cut from the same cloth. Are you wait, wait, Are you sure it's not too late? This you do the action, Jackson, with me, and then Jack no. and I will just. I've made a decision. I've made a determination. That's how we're going to do it. All right. Very quickly, as we do. How uh, am I the one being put on the spot? I was the actual reporter at one time. Like I was an NFL beat reporter, and you're you're challenging me all of a sudden. Well, we'll see what you have to do, and 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 I and I, I encourage you to take caution with your tone. <laughs> Or you'll feel it. You'll feel the sting of the hand solo edition blaster. Don't make me pull it out. All right, so you can look for uh, Rank's pick six column up there. The Shame Report, our weekly feature, did uh, very nicely this past week. Thanks to everybody for checking that out. You can check out all my hooey and applesauce at uh, at davedamashek.nfl.com. I encourage you to get over there. Go ahead. Let me say something about the the Shame Report. I loved it. You know what I, I most enjoyed is that comment about Kyle Orton playing three quarters and then bringing in Tebow for a, the fourth quarter. You're giving quarter. me a look no, like that was just, your idea. I just wish that's the kind of stuff I came up with. Is I that what are you say, are you saying that was your idea? I'm not saying anything. Is that I just I, think it was great. I, you know what? Listen, like Jerry Orbach says at the end of Dirty Dancing, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. <laughs> if if I if you actually if that idea came from you, I know you and I have spoken about the idea of a closer in football. But I didn't. Uh, if if I if I that actually was if the genesis of that came from you, then you have my apologies. Is that true? <laughs> Is that true? It's true. You said like they should have a closer I in baseball. It, I said it Sunday when we were watching the games. Actually, I, well, we talked about it well before that. I know, but I actually used the Kyle Orton one. Because Tebow was playing so well, bad. So what? So the general ideas come up well before that, weeks if not months before. All right, I, I, that one's still murky. I'm not willing to to give you my apology. I'm not willing to say I'm wrong on that one. All right, quickly, we have a lot to get to here. We honor each episode with the player who wore that number best in football and beyond. Um, at number 31, oh boy, you know that's a number that Donnie Shell, as a Steeler mm-hmm. fan, I, I would point to Donnie Shell. What other? 31s in in hockey there was Billy Smith one of my most hated players in any sport the New York Islanders netminder Grant Fuhr great netminder for those Oilers without him the uh, the high flying offense wouldn't have uh, gotten to hoist many cups Dave Winfield right Greg Maddox mm-hmm. who's our best there Donnie Chuck Schell, Finley. right Chuck Finley if you're talking about you know we had this conversation when uh, Tim Salmon came up all time Angels Chuck Finley was in that conversation too right. and actually when Dave Winfield joined the Angels. Chuck Finley did not give up his 31. Dave Winfield wore 32 for the Angels. This is a tough one, actually. Oh, what right. About, so, so, okay, go ahead. And then Wilbert Montgomery of the Eagles. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, Wilbert Montgomery. Um, there was also Curtis Joseph, the nice netminder for mm-hmm. many years, but not uh, on par with Smith or Fuhr. Who are we going with here? Winfield, Maddox, Billy Smith, or Grant Fuhr? 
let's kick uh, Billy Smith to the curb just because I don't like him. Right. Grant Fuhr, one of the all-time greats, one of the more underrated. I I forgot about that. Brutal. Greg Maddox or Winfield? I think it comes down to that. I think we got to go Dave Winfield. Winfield. Yeah, Dave Winfield. All right. So that's that. All right. Now, let's begin with the program. Uh, 27 minutes in after all that uh, <laughs> all that hooey and applesauce. And let's bring in our pal from across the pond. It was a big weekend for him last Sunday because uh, his uh, his London hosted an actual um, regular season NFL football game. It's Handsome Hank. Come on in here, Handsome Hank. Morning, Dave. Morning, Adam. How oh, are you? What a pleasure to see you. Wonderful. Great to see you guys, too. Have you come down from cloud nine yet? From yeah, the, the game? fifth game in London. Great game as well. It was, it was fun. It wasn't a bad game. Why do you suppose the game is always lousy? Do you ascribe to this thing that uh, that there actually could I, I, I be disagree, jet lagged? Actually, or? I, I just fundamentally disagree. Why would the game? Be, why Why would you say the games have been lousy? I just don't think they've been up to snuff. They haven't been especially the, what, the pleasurable and to watch. Saints played a great game there in the second the second year. It was like thirty five, thirty two. Oh, is that right? Uh, the Patriots beat the Bucks badly one year, um, two years ago. Um, but they, they haven't been terrible. Even the first game in the in the mud, the Dolphins Giants game wasn't settled until right at the end. Ted Ginn Jr. caught his first touchdown pass in the NFL. What sort of feedback are you getting from your pals over they there? They loved it. You know, good good response. And, are they? Are and, they? Go ahead. Are they ready for the Buccaneers to be playing there full time? Uh, I, I'm. I, they'd welcome it. They'd be delighted to have a team full time. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But um, but uh, I'm sure they'd be happy. I like when people say things like what just that what handsome Hank just if it happens, it happens. Right. That's, yeah. Okay. Well, very astute. <laughs> and we'll get into this with Jack Young. It but, may happen. It may not. It may not. Know? Exactly. But we'll get into this with Jack Youngblood. We'll talk about football returning to Los Angeles. But my fear is that after we, will have... we talk about uh, Jim and Jack Youngblood, no, we're not. On the same team. You're not asking that question. And but I, I will say, I'm, my fear is that we will have the London Buccaneers before we have the LA Rams. That name would be pretty good, actually. The Buccaneers fits pretty well over right. in London. You wouldn't need to amend that name. Although I liked the Monarchs when they were yeah, the, the uh, NFL Euro that was teams. Cool. Pretty cool. Yep. Um, so handsome Hank, we brought you in. We like to bring you in to read uh, our we, we started out with it being tweets but now it's sort of turned into the best quotes of the week from uh from football people and this week some juicy stuff the falcons accused i you know and i thought this was so namby pamby of the of the falcons i understand that their quarterback was hurt and maybe it crosses a line but you know as i said on the shame report indomitian sue was allegedly making remarks like get him off the field. And people said, well, he's going to get the problem with that is he's going to get a reputation for being a dirty player. My response to that is, so what <laughs> is that is does that somehow put a stink on him? In uh, I think Dick Butkus, Jack, uh, Jack Lambert, Deacon Jones and many, many others who are in the Hall of Fame were known for being for playing with an edge, for talking trash, for maybe being dirty from time to time, so on and so forth. That didn't tarnish their careers. Is that bad? for a defensive lineman who you want to play with an edge to be, you know, to maybe be a little too spirited from time to time. Nice Joe Green doesn't have the same name. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You said it all there. How did I leave that off the shame report? (laughs) See, you got to start writing it like you wrote that, uh, the the Kyle Orton, uh, Tim Tebow closer bit. So handsome Hank, delight us with, uh, because these quotes were a little bit, you know, they were accusatory. Mm -hmm. They were nasty. From Roddy White and then to Indomitian Sue. And then Sue responded, you put it in the best possible light with uh, with your lovely accent there. Go ahead and, first of all, read a little bit of Roddy White's comments. Well, Roddy White went, uh, actually said something after Sue. Sue's original comment was, oh. do I need Rodney White's respect? 
Oh, that no. came first. I yeah. love that. That's no, the greatest. Let's leave it at that. And that's just a great line. Do I need Rodney White's respect? <laughs> so then Rodney White replied. <laughs> not, not, yeah, that, that, that's it. You win. That, yeah. It's a knockout. There's no yeah. coming back from that. You don't know the guy's name. That's it. Uh, so then Rodney replied. <laughs> I mean, I don't have much to say about what he said. I just know he's going to say whatever he wants to say. But we know what they said. We were standing right there in the huddle. We saw them when he went down. And that's before the medical staff got there. And they said, and what they said was in front of the play. I know Sue said what he said. He said, go get the cart for him. Get him out of here. He knows he said that. And we're not going to go back and forth about what he said, she said. And then he's going to say it was karma for what we've done in the past when their quarterback gets hurt on the last play of the game and they have an MRI today. My, it's all over the place. My favorite thing is, and and Rodney White wasn't the only one who did it. <laughs> I think I think Sue said it, and maybe it gets confusing for everybody because he is a boy named Sue. But it is a funny thing that I think he said it, and Rod Rodney White and somebody else. They kept saying, "Well, it's just it's all he said, she said." It's like yeah. that doesn't apply, fellas. <laughs> There's no she in the conversation here, and yet they all kept going to that the to, to that line. So I like the fact that he says we're not going to go back and forth about. About what he said she said having just spent 10 minutes telling people <laughs> what he said and then he said this well that's one of my very favorite things that you hear a coach say all the time in the post-game press conference listen i'm not going to sit up here and make excuses about why we lost this game i mean yeah i mean our quarterback was hurt i mean yeah our running back was hurt <laughs> and the ref know? screwed us and if it hadn't been for the yeah, other referees and you know if it weren't for those turnovers we would have played it <laughs> you know we would have been right there with them but i'm you know listen that's not for me to make excuses well I think I think maybe you just did there, fella. And by the way, that's another one that stands out to me quite a bit that I'm hearing a lot in the last couple of years and uh, this season. It's re- listen for it, and you're going to hear it a million times. Is hey, if we hadn't turned the ball over, our offense was really going well. Like, yeah, that's pretty much What's one of the one, one of the key tenets of offense is not turning the ball over. Like, it weren't for that. You know, hey, you know, if I would have thrown three more touchdown passes, our passing game really would have been good. I think we'd have won it. <laughs> yeah, so it's ridiculous. All right, Handsome Hank, what a pleasure to see you. Thank you very and much. And by the way, um, so now Indomic and Sue and company are paying a visit to Tim Tebow, so let's transition into that conversation, Rank. what a go- it, it really is biblical in nature. Daniel, you know, was thrown to the Lions, and now Tim Tebow, the current <laughs> pseudo-saint, is uh, – is is going out there to, or is going to be hosting the Lions. Actually, the Lions are coming to him. If there was ever a team that I wanted to see play Tim Tebow more, I think it was the Lions. After all this stuff has been going on about all week, about how nasty they are and how they beat up quarterbacks. Like, yes, this is perfect. Let's put them out there to Tebow and settle this once and for all. It's It's excellent. And, you know... I know, Rank, that you are an advocate of his from a fantasy perspective, Tim Tebow. I am not. I, I Even though I said I was at the front end of that, after week one, and it was clear Peyton Manning wasn't going to play this year, and I don't care what they say right now, there's no way Peyton Manning is going on the field. He's year. jogging. They're pulling three guys off the street to play in that offensive line, and he wants to go out there with a bad neck. It's absurd. That's not going to happen. And and all this talk about, is Peyton Manning going to allow the Colts to draft uh, Andrew Luck? I mean, it's it's all absurd. Now, from a football perspective, I it does make me think. Of course, I said... Before the season started, I, I was prescient with my remarks once again. When it comes to QBs, at least, you should listen to the words of Damashek. Hear me now. Believe me later. I told you a year and a half ago Aaron Rodgers was going to emerge as the best quarterback in the game. And lo and behold, he clearly is. 
On NFL.com right now, there is a debate. After 10 years of the debate, Peyton versus Brady, which one's better? Now it's on to Brady versus A-Rod. And let me tell you something. It is 100% Aaron Rodgers. Why? Because Tom Brady cannot run away from pressure. He has always been blessed with an excellent offensive line. He's never had to play behind a bad one. Aaron Rodgers continues to play behind a bad one. Aaron Rodgers makes plays with his legs, as they like to say, as well as with his arm. The arm is electric. I, I've, I've never seen someone uh, uh, sling it the way he has. You should. We should all gather around the TV every time Aaron Rodgers plays to behold the greatness of the greatest quarterback to ever play when it's all said and done. That's right. That's what I'm saying. And Tom Brady's starting to get a little bit of a reputation, too, or maybe not. But he's one of those guys like Peyton Manning where he's such an excellent regular season quarterback. He breaks all these records. Remember back in the perfect season, he had the 50 touchdowns. But when he gets into the playoffs, when he plays a defense that's a little bit better than he's used to seeing week in, week out, he doesn't play so well. I agree that this is a huge season for that team. They need to make a run to the Super Bowl to establish if Tom Brady is really to be considered when he retires the greatest quarterback of all time. And we've talked about it before. Five years ago, four years ago, maybe three years ago, there was no question that Tom Brady ranked among the top two or three quarterbacks. It went Montana, uh, Brady, Unitas in whatever order you want to put them in. I don't know that now Tom Brady makes that. He has to get one more ring. Yes, I would say so. Yeah. So but I but like I say, I think the Packers looking the way they are. I don't see what team is going to be capable of, if nothing else, outscoring them. But it does make me think, wouldn't you love right now? If I, your, your, your rooting interests aside, I'm a Steelers fan. And by the way, let me say on the record, people uh, often I go back and forth with people on Twitter on Facebook and beyond, I've, a number of people hit me up and say, you're biased. You're so biased. You you just all you think about are the, the, the Steelers can do no wrong and that they're the best team. Absolutely not. I picked the Packers to beat the Steelers. I was right. I picked the Ravens to beat the Steelers in week one, and I'm picking the Patriots to beat the Steelers again. This is just a perennially awful matchup for the Steelers. They know how to spread the defense out, turn up, try to force them into they they're forced into a zone because their the their defensive backs aren't capable of manning up on those tight ends and Wes Welker and beyond. So, Tom Brady just stands back there and picks them apart because they can't blitz because they have to devote players back there in the secondary to try and clog things up with the zone. It always is bad for the Steelers. Brady is I think I I, I remember I think it was aught three or aught four, whatever it was, that, that the Steelers ended the Patriots' winning streak, the, the longest regular season winning streak in NFL history. That aside, he it's not even close. I mean, he just dominates them. He comes out and he carves them up, and this is what's going to happen in Heinz Field. I, I, again, I hope I'm wrong about this, but I don't think I'm going to be. And by the way, we'll jump into the DeLorean, take it up to 88 miles an hour, and uh, jump into next Tuesday to see how that game works out among a few others. We had a, you know, speaking of the London trip too, we had a bad trip over there. The DeLorean yeah, was bit. all out of whack. Something happened, like the sitting on the other side of this car or whatever. I think something happened with the machinery there. Yeah, a little. The flux capacitor went haywire. Well, we had to go. We had a problem in in London, and we had to get some of those English parts. Did you? Did, but be honest, I, did you go under the hood and spill a harp in there by mistake, or a bass, or a Guinness, or something like that? Maybe. Or some fish and chips or something. Whatever. I mean, something some, happened there. You know, and it was our first bad week of uh, of the thing. We went uh, three and five, but we're still 30 and 13 on the season. So at least we have that going for us. But listen, let's talk about Tim Tebow. We talk about great quarterbacks. I do not count Tim Tebow among the great quarterbacks or even the mediocre quarterbacks. 
He stinks as far as I'm concerned. I'm all for unorthodox players. I've said for 25 or 30 years, why doesn't an NFL team attempt to bring in Jamel Holloway or someone like that who can run the option, even as a as, as a change of pace guy? I've always advocated, give us give a shot to the option. And people would scoff at me, oh, 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 Dave, you don't understand football if you think you could get away with doing that in the NFL. There's, there's too much speed for that. And then the Wildcat uh, makes a scene and everybody's like, oh, this is, this is terrific. This is a lot of fun to watch. So I'm all for unorthodox QBs making it. But his throwing motion is so atrocious, and he is—he throws such wobblers. He's so inaccurate that it doesn't—that anything else he does with his legs cannot make up for how awful he is. And I listen—I think he's going to get it handed to him this week. He played—he was fortunate to be playing maybe the worst team in the league last week down in Miami. I think that uh, the the Lions are going to come in there and they're going to get him. And this is a game that people are talking about, like, oh, you know, watch out. The Lions are going to lose. I've heard people talking about this is a game the Lions lose. Their schedule is so tough. The Lions are going to kill them. They're going to destroy them. And everybody wants to ignore those those 55 minutes of game time where Tim Tebow was absolutely awful because he had this amazing comeback and everything. And I think it's part of the fantasy football organization. Did I get that out right? I think but, so. But, you know, like that kind of thing. We're like, hey, look, you know. Great fantasy game. He had all this, you know, and it's like, God, if they don't, if they don't get that onside kick, if they, there's so many things that went right against a lousy team that's mailing it in. Their coach has already put his house up for sale. That's fine. I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to buy it. He's going to, he's coming back to earth this week. Yes. And the more, the worse he's going to do. Again, hear me now, believe me later. You will see this over the course of the remainder of the season or however long he's the starter. You will see the more film. NFL defensive coordinators get on him, the more he is going to look bad, bad, bad. He is there. They will figure out ways to just completely clog him up. Like I say, they're going to, there is no reason to drop your safeties back. If you're playing Tim Tebow, you can bring them all up to the line because he's not going to throw it over your head. And once every team starts to commit to that and realize that that's the way you can play Tim Tebow, where's he going with the ball? He's not going to be able to run it. It's going to be all short little passes. I mean, there is no ability to stretch the field when Tim Tebow is your quarterback. And that's going to be the death of that offense. You'll see. You'll all see. All right. Now we have a lot to get to Fred Jackson, action Jackson before this is ranks debut as a solo interviewer here on the dave damashek football program i'm looking forward to that i'm going to step out i'm going to go get a bite to eat i'm not going to listen i don't want you to think i'm watching over you while you're doing it i'm going to review the tape after the fact if that's fair enough okay and uh we're going to get into the time machine we got the delorean we're going to talk to jack youngblood and uh and and all that you're still planning on being in on that interview though I am. I would like to be there for Jack Young because that's uh, that one is is bad. You know, you could just turn into, like I say, into like a pile of mush there. And then what? Jack Young will be like, hello, hello. You know, he won't even. Yeah. Yeah. It could be Chris Farley in the elevator (laughs) with a celebrity. (laughs) Hey, hey, remember when you when you played the Cowboys? Remember that? That was cool. (laughs) That's how you might get. That's how you might get before. I'm afraid of that myself. Real quick, before we get to Action Jackson, I would like to say hello to, you know, I say we go through producers like uh, Spinal Tap goes through drummers. We have a new one. We started out with Necktie Milner. Mm -hmm. You know, he was a corporate suit. You know, he answers to Commissioner Goodell. That was his first order of business. That's why you anointed him Necktie and it caught on. And then he was replaced by the hippie who we, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, Benheim, who we then decided to call him Tie-Dye. It made sense, you know, Neck Tie-Dye. 
And then uh, Wilk Ty stepped in, Alex Wilk, and uh, he stepped in. But now he's being diverted to some other stuff. And now are we the fourth- stepping stone? Should we have like, you know how Bill Walsh has the coaching tree? Mm-hmm. Should we have the Damashek football program producer tree? Maybe, or maybe it's like, I don't know, or maybe, it, you know, certain hockey teams, like they would bring in the coach, the fiery, mean-spirited coach, Mike Keenan, mm-hmm. and there was a short life to that. Like, he was <laughs> so mean that he would get results out of almost any team he coached, but only for like a couple of years, and then be like, it's enough, we can't take it anymore. Is that what we do to our producers? <laughs> I can't take it. It's I, I can't take the intensity, the fire of that podcast. We got, I got to get move on to something I think, easier. Uh, I don't think tie-dye's ever recovered. <laughs> he is a shell of his former self. <laughs> and now we welcome, but we don't know what to call him yet. It's our new pal, our new producer, TD. How are we? Doing well, guys. How are you guys doing? I'm well. Are you nervous? Not at all. I'm actually, well, I don't know if I should be excited or threatened a little bit. Because it <laughs> almost feels like you guys, like you said, you guys just keep going through producers. So I'm, I'm, a, little, I'm a little bit worried. Where, where are all the producers you guys have had? Where are they? Where are they now? That's They've all passed away. <laughs> No, they've 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 all vanished under mysterious circumstances. You don't no, I, you don't hang your hat on the Dave Damashek football program. Yeah, yeah. If you but you know what, if you come through on the other side, you know, still intact, you know that 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 put that on your resume. I think it, the doors will fly open for you. So it's like that Kevin Spacey movie, Swimming with Sharks. I've not seen that. one. What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard. Yeah, oh, no, that's heard, a great one. Is it? Yeah, I heard that. Swim with Sharks. I think it is. But yeah. Um, so TD first order of business, like I say, we, we've, we've tied everything to the necktie name. What could we call you though? TD? Uh, I, I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about it. The thing is with me, with ties, if I have to go back, look at, you look back on my life, big, you know, big things that I do when it comes to a tie, I always go with, uh, I went my graduation, mm-hmm. black tie. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I do? Prime, even maybe like in high school, black tie. So if black I have tie. to go with a tie. And I like to think of myself, you know, as a as a gentleman, somewhat formal. Uh-huh. You know, like I call you David, call him Rank, you know. So if I have to go with a tie, <laughs> I would say black tie. Black is tie it is. Black tie. Black tie. And I think we can we can like do that, it. right? That's good. He's named himself. That's excellent. I love that. Black tie it is. Normally when somebody gives themselves a nickname, you you frown on that, but black tie is good. <laughs> You're good with this one? Yes. All right. Well, welcome to the full black tie. Can I be called T Bone? All right, so black tie, you come out of the gate red hot. You got us uh, Fred Jackson of the Buffalo Bills, and uh, mm-hmm. we're going to talk to Jack Youngblood. And like I say, we're going to get to the DeLorean and uh, jump to next Tuesday. But right now, I'm going to step out. Black tie, why don't you come out with me? Go check on Fred Jackson. Make sure he's on the line, and uh, let's turn things over to our pal Rank. You ready for this, Rank? Born ready. Welcome to the Adam Rank Football Show podcast. Welcome to the second episode of the Adam Rank Gridiron Podcast for Kids. And as a tradition, this being episode two, we look at the players who wore the number best. And when you think of the number two, it's hard to find somebody better than Lakers point guard Derek Fisher, who to me would be the preeminent number two. Of course, you could give some consideration to former Angel Adam Kennedy, whose three home runs in Game 5 of the 2002 ALCS helped propel the Angels to the World Series, or even Angel's current number two, Eric Ibar. He deserves some consideration. But for my money, it's going to be Derek Fisher. But enough about all that. We have a man on the line who needs no introduction. 
one of the top running backs in the NFL. He has helped lead the Bills to a 4-2 and record, which may be a surprise to many, but not to this man. Joining us here on the Adam Ray Gridiron Podcast for Kids is Bills running back Fred Jackson. And Fred, I talked about it before. You guys are 4-2 and this season. Is this a surprise to you guys? Uh, not at all. You know, we, we, we've had a lot of uh, confidence in ourselves, especially, you know, coming off the uh, the way we performed last year. We didn't get a lot of wins, but uh, we were in a lot of games, and, and we lost a lot of games that we thought that uh, we should have won and, were in, and, and had every opportunity to win. So uh, going into training camp this season, we had a lot of high hopes for ourselves. You know, we weren't getting a lot of attention, you know, nationally, but uh, we still felt like uh, we, we had the, the ability to come out and get started well, and uh, we've played well, and, and uh, we, we put ourselves in a good situation so far. Now, it seems the phrase under the radar is overused way too much, but does it really help being under the radar? I think so, but, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, it's the NFL, so you have to prepare week in and week out no matter who you're playing. I think guys are, are going to prepare for us and, and, and um, you know, come to play every week anyway. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've flown under the radar, and it, it kind of helps because, uh, you know, it, you sneak up on people, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And there was a story today by NFL.com's Jeff Darlington, who about, and he told a story about how you guys camped out at Ryan Fitzpatrick's Arizona home during the offseason. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that was just one of those things where <clears throat> we wanted to kind of get some more con- continuity uh, with with the lockout going on. We we couldn't work out together up here at the stadium. So uh, Fitz just wanted us all to come out to the house and, and just uh, work on routes and things like that, you know, and just uh, build some camaraderie. And uh, it was a good time. You know, he showed us, he, he put us up in his house. Uh, his family went down the street to the grandparents, and uh, he just put us in the house. He took care of us, showed us around town, you know, had us work out uh, with some of his good friends out there. And, uh, you know, we just built some more camaraderie that way. And did you know he's from Harvard? He went to Harvard. Do you know that? No, I do. I do. <laughs> you know, it's one of the things you kind of hear about a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a diploma on the wall? Is it all over? Is it all plastered all over his house? You know what? He's actually, I didn't see one at all when I was there. So, uh, he, I don't think he, he likes to brag about it or anything like that. Um, but, you know, we still give him a hard time for it. Yeah, and do you feel bad? Like, they talk about him going to Harvard. They never talk about you going to Co. Where's your love for that? <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, Co's a great school and all that, uh, but it, it doesn't compare to Harvard. So, uh, and, and he's a brainiac. So, you know, I want him to get all the, the, the attention when it comes to being a smart guy. You know, that that's the number one smart guy on the team. <laughs> now, what did you guys do during the bye week? Did you guys have another camp by yourselves, or did you did you disperse? What What happened? I think a lot of guys just uh, got out of here, you know, got away from football. I think that's the best thing you can do because, you know, mentally it's it's such a grind. Um, a lot of guys just went back and hung out with family, and I, that's what, you know, you try to do. Uh, like I said, get away from football because when you come back, it's, it's nothing but football 24-7. So uh, a lot of guys dispersed, and, you know, we came back this week and got right back into work. Now the new CBA rule says that players have to be away from the team facility for at least four days our Warren Sapp has been very vocal about saying that this kind of hurts the game, kind of hurts players. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it hurts at all because I think uh, this could be a, it could be a very long season. And uh, to, to have four days off from it, you know, it allows the body to kind of recuperate. It allows you to recuperate mentally. And, um, you know, I think a lot of guys like it. Um, 
But, you know, at the same time, I can see where he's coming from because, you know, when you're in football, you want to be focused on football. And it'll be a way that, that long can it can allow you to get into things that, that don't have to do with football. So, uh, But, you know, for the most part, I think a lot of guys are loving it. I mean, what was, what has practice been like this week? Have you noticed, like, oh my God, it seems like we've been away for a while, or does it, or is it more like, no, I feel refreshed and recharged, and it was kind of a nice break. I think more people are feeling refreshed. You know, from what I've seen at practice, you know, it, everybody's come back and and um, you know been right back into it. So I don't think it's hurt us at all. You know, I think guys are, are back into it mentally. You know, ready to push through these last ten games, we got to make a playoff run. So uh, I don't think it hurt us at all, and I think a lot of guys are, are you know enjoyed the bye week and and are ready to uh, get back into things. Now, when you're enjoying the bye week, uh, are you a fan of the NFL? Do you watch games on Sundays, or were you completely detached from it? So oh, I, I, I'm a fan of football. You know, I, I sleep, drink football. So you know, I definitely paid attention to some games. You know, watching what was going on. Uh, you know, especially in the division, you want to see what happens in the division. And uh, you know, I watched as many games as possible. And is it okay? Well, you're obviously a fan. Then you watch the games. What do you make of Chris Johnson? I mean, he's somebody who's been in the news. He hasn't really performed up to what everybody's expected Chris Johnson to do. What do you think's going on with him? Um, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm not there, so I couldn't. I, I really don't know how to speak on it. But I would say, you know, I know him. You know, I know he's out there trying. You know, he wants to, to duplicate what he's been able to do in the past. And um, it, it's just tough. You know, when, when you're a guy at, at that caliber, you're going to have a lot of teams focusing on you. So, um, it, it, I mean, it's a hard job for him. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can break out of this slump and get some things rolling. Uh, I know he wants to. You know, I, I know he's not the – the type of type of person to get his money and just settle, so to speak. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know he's gonna he's gonna he'll come out of it because he's a dynamic player. You know, I expect big things from him. You know, still, you know, we're only a third of the way through the season, so um, he'll be all right. I think he'll be okay. So, if there are fantasy football owners out there panicking about Chris Johnson, you're saying not to panic, right? Not at all, because he's a playmaker. You know, he's a big time threat. And, uh, you know, all it takes is that one game for him to break through. And, you know, then he's rolling again. So, definitely, I, I would say not to panic on him at all. Mm-hmm. And this week, you guys are playing the Washington Redskins. And Mike Shanahan has used his running backs very, in a, in a kind of a revolving door situation where one week it seemed like it was Tim Hightower. And Tim Hightower is obviously hurt now. But it was, you know, he's rotating between Tim Hightower and Terrain and everything. As a running back, does that kind of situation seem to be one that's hard to be real productive in? I personally think so. I think it's hard to get into a groove that way. You know, uh, I think playing running back is all about, you know, getting the feel of a defense and how it's playing and, uh, you know, being out there consistently. So um, I would think that it's hard to get into a groove that way. I I mean, I don't know how those guys feel, but, you know, any running back I've known, you know, they they like to be out there as much as possible and in there as consistently as possible. So um, I, I would definitely say it's tough to get into a groove that way. And you almost got in, involved in a running back by committee situation yourself with C.J. Spiller. What happened there? How were you able to establish yourself as the dominant running back? Uh, I think I was just able to come out and make plays. You know, uh, you know, just uh, every time I got the ball, I was able to make a play for my team. And um, you know, nothing against him because he's going to be a playmaker for us, and he he will make plays for us. Um, but you know, I, I, that was just I wanted to be the guy to to shoulder the the load of the uh, the, the burn of the carry. So um, you know, when I got in there in the first game of the first season, uh, the season I wanted to uh, so hey, you know, I'll be the guy that carries us. 
you know, if he gave me that opportunity to, and I think I was able to show that. you got to be a little bit selfish, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know any offensive player in the league that doesn't want the ball. So, um, you know, and that's that's what it is. As a running back, you want to get as many carries or as many touches as possible. So, um, yeah, I think we're definitely all selfish in that aspect. You know, we want what's best for the team, but we also want to try and make plays for our team. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, he's looking better. He's going to make plays for this team. I remember him watching him when he was at Clemson. He was a dynamic playmaker. Still waiting for him to kind of do that. I know there was talk earlier this year about possibly putting him in the slot, moving him around. Are there going to be ways that you guys can get him on the field? Because he seems like a fantastic weapon. Without a doubt. You know, he's a guy you can plug into many different areas. So, uh, we, we, I mean, we're working on things now to get him on the field. You know, get him and myself both on the field. So, uh, he, he he has tremendous assets that we can use. We can put him in the slot. We can put him outside. You know, with his speed, he, he any corner in the league has to respect him. So, and he has tremendous hands. So he can run. He can run great routes. So, uh, we'll definitely get him on the field. You know, where there be a receiver at running back, he's going to make plays for us. Now, I know there seems to be a little bit of debate about your nickname. Some people like to call you Fast Freddy. I prefer Action Jackson. Now. What is your favorite? Have you seen the movie Action Jackson? <laughs> I have seen the movie Action Jackson. What is your favorite scene, would you say? Ooh. Uh, I, I, I remember when he was, one scene he was, like, in a shootout in the cab or something mm-hmm. like that. I think that, that would have been my favorite scene. Well, good for you. I was worried. I thought you were going to be one of these guys who had never seen the movie. You know, it's a little bit before <laughs> your time. But yeah. I'm very impressed. Now, Carl Weathers, of course, starred as Action Jackson, a great movie career, none probably better than Apollo Creed in Rocky. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were going to do a tournament of all the Rocky opponents, we're talking Clever Lang, we're talking Apollo Creed, Ivan Drago, uh, maybe we'll even throw Tommy Gunn in there. Who do you think wins that tournament? I think it's going to come down to to Drago and Mr. T in the final, and I think that's that's going to be a great battle. But I got to go with Mr. T. You know, I think he 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 just wills his way to a win. I like what you're thinking. I, I agree. I think Clever <laughs> Lang. I don't understand why did Clever Lang never get a rematch. That doesn't, that makes no sense to me. I know. I, I I don't know, but I think he was he was by far I think the most tenacious one out of all of them. Absolutely, I agree. And Fred, I'm going to ask you one last question, and this is something that has been near and dear to my heart. I love the Bills' new uniforms. Now, I don't know, as a player, is the uniform something that you guys care about because you guys look so – I'm not saying that it's the reason why you're foreign too, but you look so much better. It seems like you just have to play better in those awesome new uniforms. We love them. And it was the number one uh, thing we talked about when we heard about it for about two weeks is that we were changing our uniforms. You know, there was something I mentioned right as they announced that we were going to be changing uniforms. In the five years that I was here previously, uh, there was there wasn't one teammate that I knew that actually liked our, our former uh, uniform. So uh, it was something we were excited about. You know, we wanted it. We loved it. We, you know, we're really happy with the new the new look. So uh, look good, feel good, play good. That's what we always say. Well, Fred, I'm glad to hear that it's as important to you as it is to us as fans. <laughs> You've been a great interview. Thank you so much for taking the time, and good luck to the Bills the rest of the season. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And that was Fred Jackson. If I don't mind saying myself, 
That was a pretty good interview. Great guy. I'm rooting for him all the way out. I hope the Bills, I'd like to see the Bills kind of make a run for the Super Bowl. I think a Bills-Lions Super Bowl is a thing I would look for the most. I think that would be awesome, not only for America, but for the world. And that, my friends, will conclude episode number two of the Adam Rank Gridiron Podcast for Kids. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a thin slice of heaven, I may say. Dave Damashek, yeah. Hey there, Rank. So how'd it go? You know what? Go ahead and uh, listen for yourself. Well, was it good? Was it, did they say anything captivating? Dave. Make any bold predictions about claiming the AFC East? You are going to have to listen just like the rest of the world. All right. I guess I will. That is, uh, that awaits my near future. And speaking of the future, I think it's about time we jump into the DeLorean and take it up to 88 miles an hour and see who wins some of these big games. To the future. To the future! Whoa! Whoa. Wow. That's enough. We get it. We get it. All right. So here we are in Kansas City. You can see that uh, the stadium is all emptied out now, but a great game on Monday night. We'll get to that. First things first, though. Let's start off. I took the DeLorean first to Denver for the big game. Daniel, I mean Tebow thrown to the Lions, or the Lions came to him, I guess, and uh, they took care of business, did the Lions 24-10. to 10. They put Tebow in his place, like I've been saying for quite some time. This is no surprise to me. Tebow, not a, an elite quarterback, and they're going to see a lot more of that in, uh, in Denver this season. Miami pays a visit to the Meadowlands to play the Giants. Giants take care of business there. 20-13, not a dominant victory, but enough to get it done. And finally, as I expected, as I think you expected, Uh, deluded Steeler fans think the Steelers have a chance every time uh, Tom Brady comes to town. They're reminded of the grim reality by the time he's walking out the door. Usually, as a matter of fact, by the end of the third quarter. This time, the Patriots get it done. 35-21. to Patriots maybe now emerging as the elite team in the AFC. Yep, I guess my Ravens pick isn't looking so good after all, but there's still some time left. And then I took my opportunity to go see the team that could be the best in the AFC the Buffalo Bills, the uniforms are so striking by mm-hmm. nature. And after the bye week, the Bills reestablished themselves as one of those better teams, beating the Washington Redskins 23-17, a little bit closer than it should have been. My man, Action Jackson, had a great game. And then I took it down to Philadelphia to go see the Cowboys and the Eagles. Tony Romo, when he's good against the Eagles, he's outstanding. When he's bad, he's terrible. It was bad Romo this week. The Eagles reestablished themselves as the team to beat in the AF, excuse me, in the NFC East. Dominating victory, 34-23. Michael Vick looking great. Deshaun Jackson finally got into the end zone a couple of times. Those Eagles are looking tough. And then we find ourselves here in Kansas City. What did you think of Kansas City? Beautiful place. We had a delicious cut of beef. You know, <laughs> we, we I, I, I hope we have some time before we get back into the DeLorean to head back to last week to have some of the barbecue everybody talks about. Speaking of barbecue, Phil Rivers got on track. I've been bad-mouthing him. A lot of people have, but he looked good. He looked like Phil Rivers from the last several seasons. He gets it done. For a moment there, you thought maybe the Chiefs are going to get back into this AFC West chase. No such luck. Phil Rivers and company, the class of that division. North Turner is an NFL coaching cockroach. Just when you think you've got him killed, he rises back up and lives another day. 31 to 20, the Chargers get it done. And with that, should we head to a barbecue place? Well, don't ask me if we want to eat first. Yes, of course. Oh, yes. So what what am I thinking? (laughs) I'll I'll twist your arm.
All right, back in modern time, back on Thursday here, and uh, I, you know, I'm not surprised by the Eagles. I've I I, I foretold of this surge by Mike Vick and you company. You called this, yes. Yeah. The... I, all of a sudden, that division is is wide open for them to take. I don't think the Giants are a great team. I think uh, their secondary is shoddy because of injuries, and I think uh, the 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 Eagles are going to continue this role. All right, listen, we've done a lot of stuff here. You talked to Fred Jackson. I haven't heard it yet. I look forward to hearing that. We covered Sue. We covered Tebow. We heard from Handsome Hank. We we uh, you know we we've done a lot here. Time machine. Now though, we're going to stop down. This ends side A, but make sure you check it out on iTunes or on uh, davedamashek.nfl.com. Side B is coming up with the great Jack Youngblood. You all set there, Rank? I'm ready. All right, good. So we'll stop down here, come back for Jack Youngblood. But uh, in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of Dave. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.